0: 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region.
1: It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hey, hello,
2: sports fans. Well, hello there.
1: Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered.
2: Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend.
1: Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill.
3: Check it out, Jordan. It is Thursday, June 2nd. Saints OTA number two for the media. believe six overall in the books. We'll hear from head coach Dennis Allen here. Coming up here shortly. We'll be with you. It is Thursday, which means normally it is the crew of Katie's. But due to uh, a technical difficulty, we cannot make it out there today. But we will be there tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll be over at Francesca's Deli over on Harrison. We will... Um, See you then. And we may, may even have. I might be able to have time to go get the Monster Jam tickets to give away. So we're going to be doing that for the next couple of weeks as Monster Jam is coming over to the Superdome in July. And I will have passes for you, pit passes, all of that. So I will let you know when I have those in my hand. And you'll be able to come get them on Thursdays. I'll be there. You come on in, say you want some, and uh, we'll send you on your merry way. Uh, we have plenty of observations from what we saw at practice today. It kind of seemed like light day. There were some players that we saw last week we didn't see this week, and there were some players that we didn't see last week that we saw this week. So we'll do that here coming up shortly. At 12.15, John Cox will join us. He is the voice of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And he will talk about the upcoming matchup against Army. And also, as you know, that is the Hattiesburg Regional. Will, Kennesaw and LSU will play at 6 o'clock tomorrow. USM and Army is at 1 o'clock. Matt Reiser, head coach of your Southeastern Lions. He will join us at 1245, as he has on Thursdays since the beginning of the season. And his Lions will be playing in the Auburn Regional, and be taking on the Auburn Tigers at six o'clock tomorrow. So we will talk to Coach Riser at twelve forty-five, one thirty. Ben Heisler, we are there, and we will be um talking with him as the NBA Finals get going. So yes, the NBA Finals will have uh, us um. Asking you. It'll be one of our questions of the day. What do you think? Uh, who do you got? I was kind of pulling pretty much everybody out at Saints practice today from Rod Walker to, uh, the Shazer to obviously just everybody, um, that that was there essentially and, and, and get thoughts as to what they think. Lots of people were saying six or seven, and it's basically kind of what the odds makers are saying right now. The Warriors are the favorites in this series, but I'll give you some interesting tidbits here in a little bit about the finals as that is coming up here as well so we'll talk with Ben Heiss a little bit about that Andrew Lopez at 215 specifically on the NBA Finals but of course uh, we'll tie that into maybe CJ McCollum's debut as it is expected for him on ESPN as he signed earlier this week as an ESPN analyst so that'll be fun and interesting to see um, how he contributes and no doesn't mean he's not a Pelican anymore as a matter of fact there is Video evidence of him still working on his game in order to be a New Orleans Pelican and still, you know, perform at the at the nice level that we expect him to. This is him right here working with Chris Brickley. And there it is, the video lab. Looks like it's a gym the summit in New York. So he's getting some shots up, three-point range, a little step back of the key there just um you know getting some work in and again i you know the graph says it's no big deal i love it i need to see some photos and videos of somebody in the lab so that's great so uh we'll see how he does covering the nba finals of being an, an nba analyst for espn as well but there you go there is video evidence of cj mccullum in pelican shorts uh, getting some shots up so that's always good to see there as well so we got a bunch of different headlines as well to get into so we'll do all of that and more 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation you could also tweet at us at espn radio nola and away we go with today's lead
0: time now for the lead the lead the lead
3: the lead here's what's topping our headlines on the Sports Hangover. Ah, there it is. Officially, we can get going. What is our lead? It's simple. It is OTA number two as the Saints, at least for the media, for the media, is our second version or opportunity, I guess, to be able to see the Saints in what I guess you easily would call a very light uh OTA workout here today. And even light in the body. Sean Fazan from Fox 8, when we're walking out there, goes, this, this looks a little light. Doesn't look like you had nearly as many people as you had last week or just in general. And it's kind of something I, I do want to touch on with you guys. Maybe um, as we continue in, in OTAs and stuff like I've heard several people mention it already that they sort of wish and think in view that perhaps there should be a higher attendance level than there currently is in the OTAs with a new head coach for Dennis Allen. And you don't have guys like Demario Davis. You know, he's not there. Kamara Ingram. Now I know in the past, some players have chosen to continue to work out where they are. I know Alvin Kamara has done so as well. We've also seen some photos and we've also seen some tweets like CD Deuce where it looks like he works out in the other days. I remember three a week and they're all voluntary. So maybe they do two days and, and not the other. Um, I know Sean and I were talking about that. He's like, I don't remember that being a thing, but I was like, no, I remember in the past, you would have some of that. You would have where some guys would work out for two of those three days, and the day that the media would come out, you, for some reason, they didn't work out. But so I, I don't know how to sort of feel about that. I, I get it, and I understand it. you would want to have as much attendance. And you remember there was OTAs in the past where you had 100% attendance, or, and, and Sean Payton was, was was happy that everybody was sort of there, were sort of ton in cheek when he would say it's voluntary. He expected you. To be there, I think when you look at this team, you have a lot of leadership components. You have a lot of veterans that I, I think, for the most part, again, you look at their past history and you don't maybe need them to sort of be there to, to make you feel or know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. If that makes any sense. Now, again, there also could be a contingent of guys that are getting their work in in the indoor facility away from our eyes rehabbing, doing things like that nature. As we mentioned, Michael Thomas and other guys are at the facility, have been in the facility. Now, last week, we saw Tyron Matthew. I didn't see him today. Doesn't mean that he wasn't there the last two days. Last week, we didn't see what I think is probably now the story. I wouldn't say the story of the day, but, I mean, it. Just it is what it is. Um, Jarvis Landry was there. So you didn't see him last week. You saw him this week. He was out there going through all the wide receiver drills, and things that nature. Jameis Winston still there again. We mentioned him yesterday taking that photo with Jimmy Buffett. So when you do all of that and see all of that, you, you kind of, um, you know, see that there's some players that were there. And then there you see there's some players that weren't there from anything from last week. But, look, you saw Jarvis Landry. Uh, like I mentioned, Tyron Matthew when there. C.D. Deuce, I didn't see him there. Uh, but... I, I think just as big as it's nice to see Jarvis Landry in a Saints uniform for the first time going through, you know, drills. Uh, to me, almost probably just as big is safety Marcus May. Safety Marcus May, who is recovering from an Achilles injury. He's out there. He's out there at safety. And where's number six? And, again, you guys will get a chance to check out the Tuesday-Wednesday practice um, next week that will be a- available, uh, for people to go check out. Oh, actually, in two weeks, the 14th and 15th, that are available as season ticket holders and such. But yeah, I look seeing him out there. And again, i not a doctor. I know the graph likes to say I like to play one on the radio, but I just observe what I observe. And you know, there was no brace or heavily taped any area around any of the foot or ankle area. So, you know, and he was moving just fine, jogging, running, going through the 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 walk through team reps again. It it was a very light. Only got to see forty five minutes, obviously, because um, I had to leave. But uh, I, I didn't see anything to me that you know would, would give you cause that I that he's not ready September eleventh. That makes sense, and that's how I look at these things, right? And I look at certain injuries. Uh, and things of that nature. You you need Jameis ready to go September 11th. I need Michael Thomas ready to go September 11th. I need Marcus May ready to go September 11th. This is what you want to see all those guys be ready for. So I am, though, excited, I guess, if I'm a Saints fan, on June 2nd. I've seen Jameis Winston go through a second week of OTAs. He looked fine today. Um, And he also had a different brace. Remember I brought up last week and earlier this week in referencing him that I I was curious if most of that limp that had become famous now nationally and people talking about it about um his uh his limping all the way around everywhere had to do primarily with the, the brace itself and because I mentioned towards the calf area it was just kind of like a thick band it was almost like he rolled up a shirt I'm trying to describe it, it or like a thick pad and it was on the bottom part of that. Brace and it went all the way past his calf, that knee brace. So it was a, a a big one. This one was substantially shorter. This one basically ended just past the knee, and it was it, it ended above the calf. If that makes sense, so it looked shorter. It was silver as opposed to last week's was black. This one looks more like a a playing brace. If that makes any sense to you, it looked lighter, and it looked smaller in its size uh, around this leg, So that kind of gives me an idea that maybe he's testing different ones out during the week to see which one's more comfortable for him, which one allows him to do different things. Um, Again, we saw him go through the walk-through portion, uh, essentially walk-through speed, connecting with with, with some receivers. There was a a play or two that you saw that might have been some miscommunication with uh, Chris Olave. The miscommunication is he's kind of waited, to, to throw. Olave broke over the middle and then jogged to the right, and then that's when he threw the football, but the play was long. I mean, it was like four or five seconds, so he either ran the wrong route or what have you, but I mean, that was it. Everything else was, you know, pitch and catch, and I, I was actually joking, and, and Jordan was actually giving me the business a bit. I'm like, you know what? And again, it, it should be. This should be the case. Drew said it. The, the graph agrees. I think Saints fans agree. It, it shouldn't be a case where the balls are hitting all over the ground everywhere so you know again that's how you work on your accuracy you're going through the reps you're going through the motions and i like that but yes an nfl quarterback hopefully a starter that is going to produce for you should in theory be connecting with all his receivers all of the time everywhere so that that was it i mean that in terms of anything i could remotely say negative uh you saw Again though, Landry lined up with Traquan and you know Alave. and again you just you kinda of look at him, I have a couple of series of stills, and once the embargo at twelve thirty goes away, I can post some of that. He uh you can just see his size too. And what's interesting that stood out to me almost like last week, where I said, I thought Andy Dalton, you know, you look at him and you see him play on TV and you're like, he's he's a big quarterback. And and then he stands next to Jameis, I'm like, Jameis is bigger and he is. He's listed at six four, Dalton at six two. Well, I'm I'm looking at the receivers, you know, standing after a drill, and I'm like, okay, you know, Jarvis Landry can see his size; he's definitely thick, and and then I'm I'm standing, I'm like, you know, Chris Olave is taller than him, and he is, he is listed at you know six foot, and Landry at five eleven, so it may not be by an inch or two, but yeah, Chris Olave is actually a little taller than Jarvis Landry. I, I know for some reason I thought Jarvis Landry was a little taller than that, um, for that, but again. Pretty cool to see him in his Saints jersey wearing number 80, going through the drill. So tonight when you put on your favorite television newscast or go to your uh, stream and see people post pictures and videos and stuff, he's 80. Alave's 12. And something that really stood out to me as well, because I've been saying that when it comes to Chris Olave, my confidence level that he's going to be able to make an immediate impact is pretty high. And a lot of it is based off of what people that follow him, cover the draft, do whatever, bring up immediately, running pro routes, pro ready, receiver can get off the line, things of that nature. There was a drill that they were doing side by side, two receivers and first thing you have to do is get off the line pass a coach who has one of those practice dummy pads and so you have to shed that. So it's basically like getting away from press coverage and then get your hands up immediately and here comes the ball and there's a coach that throws it to you. So I took a series of stills on that because I saw him do it the first time, and when you look at Olave, he's listed at six foot one eighty seven. and when you see him with some of the other guys, like Callaway and things like that, the other guys are kind of bigger. Traquan Smith, again, looks the part. Love to see him just translate that to the field. I made that mention today with some guys that were watching practice. I'm like, you look at Traquan, he looks the part, right? I mean, physically looks the part and and for what it's worth i haven't seen him drop the ball so that's good uh, at least in my 2 otas that i've been able to view but back to lave what stood out to me is as i'm watching and i'm just kind of holding my my phone here and s- snapping away you can hear the you know the 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 the, the hit of his hands on that pad and it's so quick and it gets low it's almost like a linebacker getting ready to kind of you know hit somebody but when he gets off the line it is quick but what, what stood out to me was his head was always centered. You just saw the hands kind of move in front and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this with, with Marlon tomorrow. It's almost like they're doing a swim move, right? To, to get away from the hands or the coverage or that pad. But it's so fast. And then he just, he's, he does a quick sidestep and he's by I mean, I mean, he's, and that's what stood out to me. And again, I don't think the photos will do it justice. Uh, I did take a little video about it here as well, but you can just see him get off the line, get past that pad, hands right in the center of his body, waiting for the ball. Nice open area, fingers extended, it goes in and he's off. I mean, it's he—he he, again, you'll see it Um at some point soon. It, he definitely, definitely looks the part. So I'm excited. We got a lot to go to, to get into. John Cox will join us next. And as I mentioned, we got Andrew Lopez still to come on. We'll talk NBA finals. I want to know who you got and in how many games. So we'll do that all when we come back. It is your home for Pelicans
4: basketball, ESPN New Orleans.
0: Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING.
2: Gell with the sports
3: hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or the View on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams. You'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the sports hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans.
0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on
3: the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. One double zero three. We'll try to get John Cox here in a quick sec. Obviously, lots going on over in the Hattiesburg Regional as they will take on Army. Coming up here at one o'clock, Kennesaw and LSU at six o'clock is when that takes place. But we will talk to the voice of the Golden Eagles now as he joins us here on ESPN New Orleans. John, good afternoon. How are you?
2: Gus, I'm doing good, man. I'm sitting here at the ballpark, sitting in the radio booth. LSU's taking a little practice right now, and uh, it's a beautiful day for baseball, which we started today. Any
3: truth to uh, the plans by many on the LSU message boards to try to get in via air ducts, to dig tunnels under the ground, try to
0: try to get into
3: the stadium one one way, shape or form? I, I feel you're going to have a lot of people because uh, obviously Southern Miss set an attendance record this year in some games, and obviously you know yep. LSU travel, so the atmosphere should be fantastic tomorrow.
2: Yeah, no question. You know, we uh, we had a uh, crowd about uh, sixty three hundred earlier this year when Old Miss was here. Tremendous crowd, great atmosphere, and I think uh, in this regional between the Golden Eagles and uh, LSU, and uh, you know the other two schools, I'm sure will bring a lot of army. Army has some people that uh, you know are around the country that come watch the the cadets play, and so I think it's going to be a great atmosphere around here. Uh, the weather is supposed to be really good. Uh, you can already sort feel the buzz in and around Hattiesburg uh, with the tournament starting tomorrow. So it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, this weekend.
3: 43-16 and 16 overall this season. And, John, I want to say the last time we chatted and had you on the show, the Eagles had broken into the top five in some of those polls. They were definitely in the top ten. And, and then they, they kind of suffered a couple of series losses, dropped out of that, and then didn't win the Conference USA Tournament, which was in Hattiesburg, and it probably cost them a national seed there. What was the difference?
2: Well, I think eventually, you know, we had that 15-game winning streak. We only lost a couple of times in the month of April. And uh, in my opinion, what kind of uh, was the key factor there is we lost a couple of starters. We lost our left fielder, Reese Ewing was out he missed about 19 days and we lost Slade Wilkes who is the designated hitter he missed about two weeks and so those were two parts of that puzzle that really fit together really really well uh there in that uh, early in the season and those guys missed some time there right towards the end of April we had that 15 game winning streak snap just as those guys were kind of getting back into lineup but uh I think once those two guys have gotten back which they have here the last few weeks you see A lot of the things that uh, made the Golden Eagles pretty good this year, granted, they did lose in the tournament, lost twice to UTSA, a team that Mm -hmm. was really, really good, probably playing as well as anybody in Conference USA at the end of the year. But uh, I think the things that made the Golden Eagles really good this year have been their starting pitching. And, uh, you know, they've been able to up and down that lineup. There's not a lot of guys you can know uh, that are easy outs in that in that lineup. So uh, I think they've kind of got the things back to kind of where they want to be. And uh, I'm excited to see what they can do in this regional this weekend.
3: Speaking with John Cox, voice of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, you mentioned the pitching. I had Andrew Abity on earlier this week to talk about the team. And I said, you know, I, I can't think of many schools. And, and when you go at this time of the year, you'd like to have – Depth that pitching, or at least that starting pitching, and maybe have two aces, that would be, you know, fantastic if you have that. And I said, I'm not off on that. And he goes, I might make the case for three. Is Southern Miss really that fortunate to maybe have a pitcher that could be, quote unquote, a Friday starter that can actually pitch on the weekend?
2: Well, I mean, the the three guys we're using right now, the the three man starting rotation on that weekend, all those guys were really good. Tanner Hall, who was. As the uh, the best player in the state of Mississippi, baseball player in the state of Mississippi, and Hunter Riggins is the fifth guy at Delta State. He's been the Saturday guy. guy. Brings it up there about 98, 99 miles an hour, has been uh, the guy who worked on a Sunday. But I think you got uh, several other guys that could step into that starting role if you needed a fourth and even a, a fifth pitcher. I think mm-hmm. the pitching staff is probably as deep as anybody in the country. Earned on average is. Right there, about 3.00, right in that the range. Uh, they've only uh, given up 32 home runs this year. They've uh, struck out a lot of guys. So I, I like our I like our pitching staff. I like the way uh, the guys all sort of know their role, whether it be a starter or a middle relief guy or, mm-hmm. or the guys that come in and close from uh, time to time. So I like the pitching. That's been one of the strengths of this team all year long. They helped us win 43 games. So I think, I think the pitching staff is built to play a uh, you know in a regional where you might need uh you know five, six, seven, eight pitchers to come in and help you out over the weekend.
3: John, what about on the, the other side of things on the offensive side? Obviously I feel like Southern Miss has some power. We've seen some players be able to get the ball out of the ballpark and also capable of perhaps kind of spreading it around the field and, and winning that way.
2: Yeah, it's say they're hitting two eighty three as a team, but they hit seventy seven home runs this year. They've got five guys who hit or more home runs, led by Christopher Sargent, who hit to twenty. has hit 20 so far this year. And I think now he's got 37 in his career over his uh, couple of years here at Southern Miss. So, you know, they've got the long ball capability, and it's really uh, become a bigger part maybe of the offense here down the stretch than it was early in the year. But uh, they've got some really good guys. Uh, Dustin Dickerson's probably been the most consistent. He's the shortstop uh, for the team of three 40 hitter who is, is more of a singles doubles guy, but he gets on base and scores runs. And uh, Carson Pato is a guy who is a, a redshirt freshman who hit 291 this year with 13 home runs. He's had a, a tremendous, tremendous year. Uh, Gabe Montenegro, who's a six year guy, our center fielder who's a sixth-year guy for the uh, Golden Eagles, is a guy who just finds a way to get on base. He's the leadoff guy and finds a way to get on base. So I think if you go – up and down that lineup, uh, there's there's not not a lot of weaknesses. There's guys that all have some strengths, some things they do uh, very well to help this team win. And so I think uh, I think they'll show that up this uh, show that this weekend against whoever the opponent might be.
3: So the hitting and the pitching's there, and I also think John one of the things that it's going to make this weekend interesting for Southern Miss is they they've played some teams out of conference midweek games that are kind of. You know, again, setting the attendance record there at home, but kind of highly contested. Much less to say, there's some teams in the conference, right? Louisiana Tech and other teams that uh kind of have that that feel of what a regional atmosphere will be like. And you got some veteran presence in this team. I mean, you go back to, you know, the series with La Tech last year. So I I think they would be as prepared as you can be from an atmosphere and handling big game emotions and and moments. Because they've, they've been in them, huh?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a team that, uh, you know, over the year has played in uh, some tough environments, had great crowds here at uh, Pete Taylor Park, you know. And, and even in, in Conference USA, uh, when you look at uh, Texas, San Antonio, UTSA, you look at uh, a team uh, like that who probably should have made the NCAA regionals. I thought they would. Old Dominion is another one. Who uh, you know, was right there on the verge of getting in uh, to the postseason? So you know you played a bunch of games against teams like that. Uh, Scott Barry's a guy who's going to take his team and play at some difficult places. We played a three-game series earlier this year at Dallas Baptist. Man, that's a tough place to play, and they're a, a really good baseball team. So uh, yeah, I think he he kind of constructs a schedule where you're going to get enough of that uh, what I call the regional atmosphere when you play some games during the regular season. So I think that's kind of helped this team get ready for, you know, whatever they might see this weekend.
3: Hey, you mentioned Dallas Baptist. They'll be taking on Louisiana Tech in the regional up in Austin. It's crazy how all this kind of intertwines, right, when you get at this point of the season. Look, I know fans, I know media already have Southern Miss and LSU playing tomorrow, uh, on Saturday rather, but Kennesaw and Army, Look, they, they came to play there as well. What else do you see when you kind of preview this regional from those two other teams?
2: Well, I, I you know I've, I've been looking at Army since that's who the Golden Eagles are going to play uh, tomorrow afternoon, and I mean that that's a team that uh, I think down the stretch won eight to ten ball games and uh, came from behind to, to win their conference and uh, the Patriot League, and you know they've they're a team that's got a lot of veteran guys on it. Uh, I, I'm just looking right here, Army. Over their last ten ball games, hit four oh eight, won seven out of ten ball games, and averaged right at nine runs a ball game. So you know they obviously got some uh, offensive pop and uh, know what to do. Pretty good pitching. So that's going to be a tough matchup for the Golden Eagles. Don't be honest with you; know a whole lot about Kennesaw, but mm-hmm. of course we know LSU and the great tradition they have and the great players they produce. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a regional that's going to be uh, really hotly contested, and uh, we'll see how it all turns out, but uh, you're going to have to play well to get out of Hattiesburg and uh, move on in this uh, NCAA tournament.
3: Yep, and paired up with Coral Gables. Let's see what happens over there. Ole Miss, one of those teams that uh, could possibly be paired up there. you got Miami as well, so let's see what takes place. John, it uh, started back in February. Here we are June 2nd. Let's see what Pete Taylor Park will produce this weekend, man. Have a great call. Good luck to the Golden Eagles, and thank you for your time today.
2: Gus, thank you. Appreciate everything you do, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Yeah,
3: for sure. Looking forward to it. 1 o'clock tomorrow, USM and Army, and then Kennesaw State and LSU at 6 o'clock. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, me and the intern, now the graduate, will go over some of our observations and the most important thing. How many times do people honk, right, Jordan, when they pass the practice today? That is something that we actually do keep track of. Many of the other reporters thought that was a little silly. But that's
4: what we do. We want to give you all of the information possible. I may or may not have contributed to the honking on <laughs> my way out.
3: You said you were going to. So we have to uh, add. Maybe. Do, do we have not? to add your honk or not? I heard someone else honk as well. <laughs> we'll do all of that in more open lines if you'd like. If you have any questions, uh, a player you want to hear about, anything, uh, now is the time. Matt Reiser will join us at 1245. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans.
0: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right.
4: Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
3: Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Actual pie customer. Workers' comp can crush a small business. Every year it would jump 5, 10, 15, 20%, even though there was never any claims. And that's where I was struggling as a growing business. That's Mike Lozier,
2: owner of Gutter Plumber,
3: a small business in New Jersey. A while back, Mike found his workers' comp costs rising. Luckily, he discovered Pi Insurance. From start to finish, it was extremely easy. They quickly came back to me with a plan that was affordable for me. Are you overpaying for workers' comp? Just go to SaveOnPi.com, share a few details about your business, and you could save
0: up to 30% with no hassle or hidden fees.
3: Like Mike, we think you'll be glad you did. I'm very happy that I moved over to Pi for my workers' comp so that I can grow my company while not breaking the bank. Find out how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent or get a quote at saveonpie.com. That's saveonpie.com
0: Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Come on, citizen! What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone! We want you to be on the show.
4: Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. Welcome back to the Sports Hangover. A big night in the NBA. NBA Finals. And that will lead us into the question of the day. Thursday's question of the day. Tonight is game one of the NBA Finals. When you think of NBA Finals, what is the first thing that comes to mind? You could comment or call in 800-998-1003 or tweet at us at ESPN Radio New Orleans. Uh, yeah, so th- that's th- that's kind of what I would probably be looking at tonight uh, is the NBA Finals uh, with the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum and Stephen Curry are going to be mm-hmm. going at each other head-to-head Big storylines. One has uh, historic implications for Curry, and then Jason Tatum. Can he finally lead his team through the gauntlet, that which was the East, and bring them an NBA championship? I believe this would be the 18th time that they win the NBA championship to the Boston Celtics. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to look it up to mm-hmm. make sure it's correct. I think this is the 22nd time that the Boston Celtics have been in an NBA final.
3: These are some interesting uh, tidbits I saw this morning on the coverage on ESPN. And again, we'll speak with Andrew Lopez coming up at two fifteen about that. Um, they're seven and zero in NBA finals after winning game one. Seven and zero. Well, um, so doing that, that's pretty good. Fourteen straight best of seven series. Golden State has won after winning game one. So that's remarkable when well, they win game 1 in a best of 7 they won 14 you know, straight yeah. series which is incredible when you think about it that is the fourth longest streak right now um in the in NBA history after winning game 1 as a set uh it's also something else that's interesting it's the sixth finals appearance we know that but it's also for the trio of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson and Draymond Green That's the most ever, like, in terms of a trio, in terms of experience and things of that nature. Three straight players. Obviously, I know the Bulls had a pair of three-peats, but Dennis Rodman really wasn't a part of that first three-peat. So you wouldn't say that that was the trio, something of that
4: nature. The Boston Celtics, that. That was right. It was 22, 22 appearances, including this one. So They have a lot of banners. Oh. Hanging out. A lot, of banners a lot more there. than the, the, the team down the street, which hopefully yeah. pretty soon might put up one.
3: Golden State has 123 games of finals experience combined. Okay. Now, the Celtics, they they also have some numbers. You ready for this? 581 games combined. Playoff experience. Second most by team ever entering an NBA finals without zero, without any NBA finals experience. So they have postseason experience, 581 581- Minutes. I mean that's a lot, right? Five hundred and eighty one games rather. Five hundred eighty one yes. games combined.
4: Five hundred eighty one minutes is not a That's long not time. a lot.
3: Yeah. Five hundred eighty one games. It's like a series. But they have no finals experience. So that's been a topic that will that's been brought up this week. That is something that will you know, people will talk about going into the game tonight. Does it matter having finals experience as opposed to not having finals experience in most? Um uh, Mayodaka is the fifth rookie head coach to reach the finals in the last twenty five years. Boston get this and it's something that I want to bring up because again there's a lot of expectation I can always do this I can always take a national story we can Kevin Bacon it we can always find a way to intertwine and spider web it back to the Pelicans there's a lot of expectation next year for the Pelicans one thing that they have tended not to do well is start the season well one reason or another whether it's injury whether it's You know, a losing streak with everybody. So just for whatever reason, uh uh-oh, I just said it. Actually, no. No. There is for
4: reasons. There are reasons. Players not wanting to play here.
3: And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say, here's, um you know, a little carrot or something in case it it doesn't happen. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, in case they don't start out well, don't completely flip out. You're talking about the Pelicans? I, let me tell you why. In January, in January, Boston was 20 and 21. Through the first 41 games. 20 and 21. Below 500, through 41 games, they only played either. So basically the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm.
4: They're below 500. You can say that with the Pelicans. is Well, that's what I was going to
3: say, is that you, you saw that team play much better towards the end of the year as well. So, look, it, 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 it's, it, it's interesting because Golden State, I mean, from the beginning of this season, you and I were like, okay, it's Golden State and Phoenix. I mean, it, they were... They both started, you know, Steph Curry and, and like, the team was just going was nuts. Much, Remember, plus, he broke, like, the three-point record in, like, the first month of the season. I mean, he was just going bananas. So, you had an idea that they were going to, you know, do that and, and, and do well.
4: They're going to be there at the end of the
3: season. 100%. Now, Golden State was 15-50 and 50 in the twenty nineteen twenty season. Remember that? season, they were 15-50. and And That's why I've said this. I said it when I was on Fox 8 earlier this week. I say it on our show, and I say it to you when we're just texting, when the whole health thing. Health applies to everybody. I know you can always say, well, if healthy, and if this guy is healthy, and I get it, like with certain players like Zion, that's a fair moniker or name tag that's going to be stuck on him until he proves that that he's not. I mean, you know, Joel Embiid was at first. But again with that contract we're gonna keep an eye on because it's something to keep an eye on. Steph Curry, a lot of people don't remember, was injured a lot before in that rookie deal, and we'll talk to Andrew a little bit about that. But he signed a contract like Joel Embiid, where it was performance-based in terms of hitting markers, how many games you played, and then that escalated to how much money you would get, as opposed to here's a sheet of paper, fully guaranteed contract. Now, we've talked about this. You know how I feel about it. Me, I got the good vibes going. I got everything moving along. If I'm still feeling he's all in 100%, here's a sheet of paper, just sign it. It does look low, like the team is going to go in that approach, especially when you, you know... Read a couple weeks ago, whatever that David Griffin said. Well, it's going to be challenging. Well, it's not really that challenging if you're going to give just a sheet of paper. Where it's challenging is if you're going to try to make it be a, a contract. They'll restructure that, it. Well, well, yeah, it's going to be structured based off of how many games you actually play. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. My point is, when you look at this, this finals, and it, you just mentioned the question of the day. It is exciting. I'm looking forward to it because I do think you have two different styles of play, two different types of teams, but both teams that can be very dominant and good. And with Boston, you have that size, you have that physicality, you have... A guy in Jason Tatum that's fun and easy to root for. I mean, that guy has a sweet-looking game, right? I mean, he can do all kinds of different things. Smart's kind of like their Alvarado or something, right? He's that like got it agitates. He's got the cool-looking hair. He'll dye it whatever color he wants. And then when he's hitting threes, watch out. Um And then Harford, I, where did this guy come from all of a sudden, right? I mean, I was surprised he was still playing. And now all of a sudden, he found the fountain of youth, and he's playing well. William seems to be a nice physical presence for him. And you almost forget about Jalen Brown and he's a pretty good player himself. So it, it, I mean, like I'm looking at that team that looks like a team that can win the championship. And then I also know the Warriors are a team that can go like that. 12-0 run in a second, you know? So it's interesting to me to see how this series is going to go. Like I said, I, I said it back on Tuesday. I, I, I want to say Boston. But I was talking to Rod Walker about it. The six or seven game. Yeah. And game's I said, I, I think, you know, six or seven, if it gets to six or seven, it may favor the Warriors simply because those guys, they, there's Wiggins, there's Poole, there's Thompson, there's Curry. Those guys walk out of bed and can drain a three. Now, we've seen games where they've struggled, even in Memphis and something like that. But when they don't, they all can hit it. And they're going to make you chase them all around the court. And tonight, Boston will be rested. It'll be good. They'll play this weekend, I think, on Sunday. It'll be fine. But as it goes on and on, I just wonder if you get to game six or seven, if some of those Celtic shots aren't starting to hit the front of the rim because of the chasing they have to do with guys like the Warriors, where really the second they cross the midcourt line, they're in range. I mean they're in range you know Steph Curry if you drop back and you take a deep you take a breather there goes a 3 and it's probably going to go in so I I I'm going Warriors in 7 my official pick Warriors in 7 what about you have you decided
4: I have not decided yet You have
3: not decided yet you're no. going you're going to continue to uh just to hold on there I'll huh?
4: continue to hold on but I I agree with kind of your previous points I think you mentioned Earlier in the week and that's the Celtics have played a bunch of big guys, like played against a bunch of big teams. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first teams that doesn't have a lot of big sides. It's mainly, you know, running around like you were saying in three point shooters. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Celtics change up and what the coach does to kind of counter what they've been seeing throughout mm-hmm. the entire Eastern conference side of the playoffs.
3: Miami Dolphins super fan, Roy has chimed in. He's going Celtics in six. 800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio New Orleans. Or if you know us, tweet us uh or text us what you got. Uh and I'd like to, you know, hear from you as well. Here's Jay Will on the Curry Smart matchup.
0: This is his greatest challenge individually against the defensive player of the year at the same position. And historically, this is the best team they've ever met defensively, metric wise, in the NBA finals. So you have five switchable guys that all communicate, and even with their continuity, like there is the physicality that the Boston Celtics bring to the
3: table. Now, look, Marcus Smart is hobbled up. He's had the ankle injury, the quad injury, the foot injury, all on the same leg. Pretty much in the last series against the Heat, he was playing on one leg, right?
0: So that is a question coming into this, the health of Marcus Smart. But if there's a guy individually that you think is the kryptonite to Stephen Curry, you couldn't ask for a better matchup for the Boston Celtics.
3: You can't. There he is. Roy sending a picture of him in Celtic gear, and of course finding um I mean I I I don't want to say it's fabricated, but I, I guess it did happen. Uh Tua hitting Tyreek Hill for a fifty what is this, fifty five yard touchdown and a sixty nine yard score.
4: So well, I thought you're gonna say a pick. That's what he was doing last year.
3: Well, I mean, again, you know, what I will say this when you got a guy like Tyreek Hill, it's literally hut, chunk it. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that is a nice thing to have. I'm not saying that I'm not, and Roy, I'm not comparing Jordan to Tua, but I do think, and I'm, I might even say in a real NFL game, honestly, just a fly wrap, just, just tell Hill, on hut, run as fast as you can. Jordan, throw it as far oh, as me. You can.
4: Yes. You, I don't know about w- that. All I'm saying is you have, try a, you to have th- a
3: chance to complete a pass is what I'm i saying. tried to throw an ice cube the other day,
4: <laughs> and it, it didn't go that far. Well, I didn't
3: say that your rotator cuff would survive it. I'm just saying, you know, in theory, when you got a guy that literally can just outrun everybody. I used to have a buddy, Sean Adams, and we would play football, you know, at recess at Brother Martin. Or, and even back in the day, I knew him from even before we went to high school. But we would do that, and, you know, I'm the QB, of course. And then, you know, I'm sitting there, and I would just hike. And he would start on the left side of the field, and I'd throw it as deep as I could on the right side of the field. Because then he would go, and the second I throw it, he would cross the field, outrun everybody, and get. He ran track. I mean, like he was just. It really was very easy. He'd be on the right side of the field, Huh? and he'd always tell me, "Like, why do you throw it so far the opposite end?" I'm like, "Because I know you can outrun everybody." So, I mean, that. But that's what I literally (laughs) would just
4: Catengel to compare himself. Yeah, to Tua. Well, I guess so. Or Man, to an NFL quarterback. To, to an NFL quarterback. Well, yeah. I mean, don't
3: overthink it. It's what I keep saying. Don't That's the over, same
4: mentality. Don't overthink
3: it. Yeah, there's no reason to overthink it.
4: There's no reason to overthink Just it. throw the ball up.
3: Hey, how many drops did you see today at the OTA? I only saw one. You only saw one. Out of the entire OTA.
4: Yeah, but that was like, it was kind of overthrown. Do you know who threw that? Yeah, I actually do. I think it was Ian Buck. Yeah,
3: I know. I was gonna- <laughs> There's a difference out there. There's a difference out there. Bless his heart. He stays out there trying. No, that's good. That's all, I can, that's all go, you want. I'll go out there and start trying for yeah. a
4: couple I would hundred too,
3: thousand. 100%. Matt Reiser, head coach of the Southeastern Lions. Buddy we will give him a buzz next. And we will chat with him as his team is getting ready to play regional baseball as well. They will take on Auburn up there in the Plains. We'll speak with him next on ESPN New Orleans.
0: have fun so come on in come on in and win it's magic cash come and feel the magic. Cash magic great news for our video poker players cash magic la rose has reopened yes cash magic la rose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in la rose on highway 308 so come on in and win you'll always be a VIP cash magic gambling problem Eight seven 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 zero stop I'm Ben Utek. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type, and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology. They say
2: that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The
3: Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. No way to jump into the conversation. We'll have an open segment to start next hour. But now, as we have on Thursdays, we bring in head coach Matt Riser, of the Southeastern Lions. Coach, how are you? Good afternoon.
1: Fantastic, my man. We, uh, we're sitting in Auburn, Alabama, getting ready to play a regional, so it couldn't be any better.
3: No doubt about it. 30 and 29 now overall <laughs> to get to that 30th win, sir. I mean, look, I, I don't know, do y'all like it? to, to, to go. The, the the hard way. I mean, and you need you needed two wins against you and and in order to get to McNeese, and then you you drop the first one, and again we can blame Jordan. Now he's now a graduate, though. Uh, and then you go and get two and McNeese, and and look, six and no in elimination games this year.
1: Yeah, man, just so proud of the guys. Uh, for them to get to enjoy that moment, hoist the trophy up. I just uh, they deserved it, man. They they've done so much and gone through so much this year, and have stuck together together regardless of who's trying to challenge it or you know what the circumstance may be the adversity we faced and um uh, yeah so I, i'll be honest with you, the first two minutes after after we dogpiled or after the dogpiled i just kind of sat there and and, and all i took it all in didn't say a whole lot of words because uh i was just so happy for them and excited for them to be able to enjoy that moment
3: matt you guys were going to regionals for for a bit there and almost had it as that standard and you mentioned in you know whether it's on this show or whatever that that's obviously the goal and you missed it you missed being there as you mentioned you're watching the dog pile and you're seeing that happen again that that had to be fulfilling and, and rewarding but especially i guess i want to ask you how does that compare to some of the other regional teams that you've had with what you had right. to go through this year
1: yeah I'll, I'll be honest with you this is definitely the most rewarding one we've had uh you know four regionals now in eight seasons and uh yeah, by far the most rewarding one. I've got. We've had some teams, man, and some of those clubs and some players that I dearly love, and they are absolute warriors, but just what this team had to endure all year long with the injuries, all what we did personally through the fall and the hurricane, everything else, man, all the odds stacked against them, right? 8-18, Eight 0-4, conference play. I mean, it's like a 30-for-30, 30 30, right? What if I told you? Uh, and so, you know, for them to be able to, again, enjoy that moment, but now get to this point, right? Again, mm-hmm. we're still going. Uh, this is not just, a, that wasn't the end. Uh, this is just the beginning. That's the same conversations that we had in the Hammond pod when we lost game one. Uh, same conversation we had when we lost game one at McNeese in the championship series is, hey, man, this is just the beginning of the journey, continue to ride the momentum and the wave of what we're doing and believe in each other and, and watch what happens, so... Uh, like we told him, man, this is fourth and eight years, and, and we're not here just to say, hey, man, uh, hey, we're here, you know. Hello, thanks for for coming, you know, and playing. Uh, this is a situation where we're here to win it, man. Uh, yeah. I think we've got a good matchup uh, in what we're doing. Also, we got the blue bloods of college baseball, you know, coming over to Auburn, and uh, but now you look, you got Florida State and UCLA, right? The amount of College World Series appearances that they have combined. <laughs> also, UCLA's right. got a few national championships in there. Why not, you know? And then they've got the premier matchup uh going tomorrow in the day game, you know, with their their number ones matching up. Apparently that's two of the best arms in the country. So uh couldn't ask for a better opportunity to showcase what we've got because we've got a, a team full of competitors that love love each other and love to get out on the field and do it and, and play together and uh in all honesty this is uh the platform and, and the atmosphere that they want to be in to also go perform and show what they got.
3: Speak with Matt Riser, head coach of the Southeastern Lions. I think one of the things, too, obviously you get to this part of the season. You mentioned those three other teams in the region. They're probably all looking things up, too, and looking at statistics and going, well, how does team kind of get in there? But, you know, having followed your journey every Thursday when you join us, Coach, you, you see, it's piecemealing here and there, some starters or some pitching, guys stepping up. We talked last week about the base pass and the importance of being able to do that. You, you guys literally no walked off a game, right, on Saturday by, <laughs> by, by a walk, by having a good yep. eye. I mean, so, yep. it's really winning in every facet that you can, right? And it all matters when you think about it. Every little part of the game, if you all do it together, can add to a win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what somebody asks, you know, what's the key to beating the Auburn tomorrow night? And, and, and I don't like anything, but especially, you know, once you get to this point, and you're facing, you know, guys like Sonny DeScher, the Share the co-SEC player of the year. It's going to be the free nineties and then however that comes about, whether it's the walks, the HBPs, you know, the eyes up play, the stolen bases, the first, the third. In all honesty in that championship game, you go back and watch game three, Rhett Rosebeer base runner that he had in game three, strikeout with a runner at third, right? Say Thomas, Dead of Fields. Sorry for himself. You know, sprints the first base like he's supposed to. Rosevear comes on back, side on the release, and scores a run in a situation that he shouldn't score. Right. Uh, you go to game two and Joe Delaney and what he did. Right, everybody's got a role. Embrace your role, do it the best of your ability. Levin Good has the at bat to get the hit We pinch run Delaney. He's still second. Aaron Throw gets the third base, and then also we squeeze him in and just the uh, the swim move of 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 the year, right, to get into the plate and tie the ball game up two two. So. You know, obviously that's all a part of what we do, our aggression, how we go about things, but those free 90s obviously play a huge part, especially now when you're facing, you know, an offense like Alden.
3: That swim move, it, it, this is a photo you guys have on, on the school website, uh, lionsports.net. It's fantastic because McNeese has like that blue artificial surface, that batting circle there, <laughs> so almost looks like water in there, man. I just, uh, can't imagine what it was like. So when you look at, at this regional though, And and you mentioned, look, everybody has good players here, everyone has good pitching, and everyone's earned this spot here. I've enjoyed what you've told me about your message and messages that you've had this season, and a lot of it is the mental aspect of it. What is your approach to your team when you go into play tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the guys are excited about the opportunity and playing a regional, and this is Auburn's first regional they've hosted since 2010, so I think tickets sold out, you know, in literally 30 minutes. And, and so, you know, people calling left and right. I remember being at the coach show on Monday. Half the crowd got tickets, half the crowd did. They were already sold out how quickly it, it got about. So, obviously, it's going to be electric tomorrow night, but continue to remind them in the message, hey, man, we'll play with energy, but don't play emotion. Start playing emotionally, you get unfocused to what you're trying to do and trying to get accomplished, and, and that can get the better of you sometimes. So, obviously, juices will be flowing tomorrow night. It'll be a matter of, of harnessing those and controlling those. Continue to play with the energy and excitement, but at the same sense, don't play emotionally so we don't get unfocused so we can execute whatever game plan that we have. And, you know, it's simple. And, and when we turn the thing around, you know, and did that total reset back after the Nickel series, you know, the, the main theme that continued to come up, especially when we won that incarnate word deal was just win the moment. There's going to be five or six games throughout the year that's got to change, a uh, chance to change the course of your season. But the same thing inside of a game. There's five or six moments inside the game that's got to change the course of the game, right? So mm-hmm. do a good job identifying those moments that might be in the first. It might be in the sixth. It might be in the bottom of the ninth with the you know, game winner run at third base. But identify those moments, take your deep breath, and just win that moment. And if you win enough moments, you're going to look up and you're going to win the day you're going to be where you want to be. So, continue to not complicate this thing keep it in that simple uh thought process don't worry about what was or what is to come stay in the moment win the moment and we can win the day and so if they keep that mindset man they'll be in good shape
3: coach finally as a wrap up for you um I think one of the things that we always talk about on those Thursdays before the season starts is just the state of baseball in Louisiana. Four teams, your school is one of four teams that is is in regional play, three winning their conference tournaments. It just goes back to what we say at the beginning of the year, huh, that these non-conference games. I mean, the the teams that are in these tournaments, you've played them, you know, one way, shape, or form. And it's, it's why, Louisiana, man.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, you know, we've got six opponents that we played during the season, uh, that are in regional play and, and all six of those opponents were, were non-conference opponents. So that, that lets you know, uh, what we did non-conference schedule wise. And, you know, people ask, him, hey, is that, does that help you moving forward into a regional, you know, at Auburn? I said, absolutely. You know, yeah. we've already played Arkansas, LSU, Old Miss. Why not the entire SEC West with Auburn? So, you know, we'll get out there and enjoy the moment. We've been in those atmospheres. We played on Friday night in Arkansas with, you know, the pig suey going and calling the hogs and all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. So, you know, these guys, that energizes them. They enjoy those mm-hmm. moments. You know, they embrace those moments, and, and that's the moments that they do a good job of just staying locked in and focused more, trying to get accomplished. And uh, You know, obviously, I think that's the reason we made the run there at the end of the year, that non-commerce schedule we played. It wasn't the result we wanted right, but when we talk about process, uh, this team has done as good as any, any team we've ever had uh sticking to the process, the consistency of showing up each and every single day, regardless of beating Ole Miss or beating Arkansas or losing, you know, twenty three to one to Tulane or you know beating La Tech four or three or getting swept in nickels. They've been so consistent in showing up every day and what they're doing work ethic wise. And so I'm gonna credit this, Gus, and this everything that we've done this year is a credit to our leadership, man. Mm-hmm. Uh this group of leaders that we've had collectively as a whole has by far been our best group of leadership that we've ever had. And that's no knock on any other team or any other guys we've had Senior your class that come through this, because some of my favorite ones, that 2017, man, that team was fun. That team was a lot of fun. That was a lot of grit and fighting those guys. But collectively as a whole of what we've had to endure and what they've continued to answer on the backside of that has proven that this is why you know where we're at, is because of our leadership. And I like to handle those moments and continue to stick together and trust in each other. So uh, just super proud of them, right, and, and, and super – uh, excited about the opportunity they get now to showcase that on the on the big team, uh, big screen, right with uh, Auburn, you know Knowles and uh, and and the Bruins there as well.
3: Be interesting to see Hammond on the jerseys when there's Auburn, UCLA, Florida State <laughs> up there in the plate's coach. Lat line up baseball on Twitter, and of course you can always go check out Southeastern's web page online, Lionsports.net. We really appreciate when you join us on Thursday. Good luck, go have some fun. This is what it's all about. At this point, go out and play.
1: That's it, Gus. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Look forward to talking to you next week. Line up,
3: baby. Yep, for sure. There he goes, head coach Matt Reiser. So that brings an end to our number one. When we come back, uh Jordan and I will talk a little bit more about some of the observations. We saw the second OTA that was available for media to watch. That is in the books. Head coach Dennis Allen has spoken. Jordan is busily. Is that a word, by the way, busily? It's not. You don't think it is? As my son now wants me to help. Fix is Mr. Potato Head. Can I do it during the break? Okay, thank you. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about that here from head coach Dennis Allen here as well. Andrew Lopez coming up at 2.15 and Ben Heisler. You got any, uh, <clears throat> questions for Nans Maker? I will take them and we can pass it along to him here as well. And oh, could one of those quarterbacks you may want in the NFL fantasy football draft be in trouble after a pick? Jordan he threw a pick at OTA. That's a good thing. At least Jameis Winston hasn't thrown a pick yet. That that's, 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 that we know of so far. Uh, our one in the books. We'll be back on your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. Because.